Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Amen. We're going to start a series in the book of Acts. We're starting that today and uh, we're excited about it and uh, just uh, I wasn't going to but Jenny said I needed one story so if you'll allow me one story I just got a little story to start with many years ago I um, took on building a lean-to uh, it was a quite a long lean-to and I needed some help so I got this uh, young guy who'd done a bit of building and he's casual and came and helped me and uh, it came to putting the roof on, the really long sheets, and I was at one end anchoring them, he's at the other. And uh, we got a, a few ways into the job, <clears throat> and my phone rang, and that was a bit of a hold-up, and did another sheet, and my phone rang again, I answered it, and by the third phone call, you could see the frustration at the other end of the sheet, and I heard this big sigh, and I went, oh, come on! <laughs> And it's kind of become a family saying, you know, come on. <laughs> and uh, he was not very happy about all these interruptions. But, you know, um, <clears throat> the book of Acts starts with a lot of waiting. The disciples were asked to wait in Acts 1 verse 5. And the, uh, and the disciples were there in the, in the city waiting in in a building, all of them together. And uh, our culture's not very good at waiting. In fact, we tend to be a bit like my builder friend and say, come on, you know, we're waiting. When's it going to happen? But to understand Acts 2, we need to rewind the promises Jesus made of the coming Holy Spirit a little bit, and we need to go back and also to see... how the willing the disciples were to wait and what prepared them for that. And so back in, in John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He spoke it out. He declared it. You know, Peter was declaring in that moment uh, that Jesus' words were spirit and life and power. And that nothing else on the planet could compare with the truth and life that he'd come to know in Christ. You know, the truth was a person. And it was the person standing in front of him. And he knew that his promises would come to pass. This was Peter on a good day. (laughs) He had a divine revelation and he wasn't backwards and coming forwards with it. You see, declarations are powerful. What we speak out, what we say, they're powerful. The kingdom is built by declarations because when we speak, breath goes out and into the spiritual realm. In this way, we reflect our creator. You see, in in Genesis, we read, that um, God spoke creation into being. God created by his breath. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. And he said, let there be, you know, water and all these things. And when all of his creation, he was done creating, 
he blessed it with his mouth. He blessed it. He said, be fruitful and multiply in uh, Genesis uh, 1.22. And then in Genesis 2.7, God formed from the dust and breathed the breath of life into man. You know, isn't that an awesome thing? We're formed from dust, but without that life, we're nothing. Well, what's all this got to do with Pentecost Sunday, which we celebrated last week, or would have if we'd met together? Maybe you did it in your own way at home, like we did, but we celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit in power in Acts 2. Well, just as God breathed natural life into Adam, Jesus breathed spiritual life into his disciples in John 20, 22. And this was just a foretaste of what would come in fullness once he was glorified. You see, Jesus, he's, he promised the helper. He promised the helper in, in John 14, 16 and 17. And at Pentecost, they received him in full measure. So God is into giving us a foretaste. He's into giving us a deposit of what is to come. You know, this, this life we live now is like a foretaste of what's to come. King David had a revelation uh, that he was going to become king well before he was ready to reign. The children of Israel had a foretaste of how good the promised land was when the spies returned with all these stacks of fruit. But because of unbelief, they had to wait 40 years to receive it. So we need to declare stuff. We need to declare it. And Jesus gave a, a promise, a, a deposit to the disciples before he was glorified. And on the day of Pentecost, it came in full measure. But there was another thing they had to do, and wait. They had to wait. That's number two, the second foundation stone of, of the Holy Spirit is waiting. What the, what's the Lord placed in your life as a deposit today or a foretaste of what's to come what's he put in there you young people are the other you know the people that you're hanging around with are they causing you to wait for God's best or perhaps just to live for the moment you might be in that place of waiting today no matter what age you are and perhaps wanting the joy or something to happen in your family or in your ministry that seems miles away, might seem like a million miles away, and you're waiting, waiting, waiting today. And like the disciples who had been given the promise and the foretaste, you might need to learn patience. It may not happen overnight, as they say, but it will happen. <laughs> if you declare God's promises over your life, Declare them over your own life like Peter did. And like all of God's good gifts, the coming of the Holy Spirit requires faith. Faith. That's that believing for something before you've actually got it. Believing that it's real before you see it. So use your time waiting to speak truth. Just speak truth over your life. Make positive Declarations over your life while you're waiting for God to do something. 
You know, let's not circle around that same old mountain again and again, you know, just doing the same old, same old, um, like the children of Israel did, um, because, they, because of their unbelief. Let's declare stuff that's true. I love that scripture, Deuteronomy uh, 2 verse 3, where God says, enough of going around the mountain, now turn north. <laughs> you know, where's your north? Where's your north? Where do you need to go, be, be heading? You know, just, just stop going around that mountain. It wasn't even theirs. They were envying it. <laughs> Turn north. Turn north. Number three, the third foundation stone is timing. You know, they were, had to be in the right place, right place and right time. Let's turn to Acts 2. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Acts 2. And surprise, surprise, I'm in the NIV today. All right, <clears throat> verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Everyone say all together. All together. That's significant. In one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the two physical signs of the Holy Spirit falling on the disciples that day in power were firstly wind, representing the breath of God, and tongues of fire, representing the purifying work of God. See, even the things that came that day were significant. You see, all through Scripture, we've already talked about the breath but all through Scripture, fire is used to purify, to test. It's the way to test gold, and it's to cleanse fire. Just when they may have been wondering, oh, how long? Come on, you know, like my friend. Just when they were thinking that, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit came. With great power. And when it came, it was awesome. And it was holy. And it was good. You see, Jesus' promise was fulfilled, but the disciples were ready. They waited in purity and truth and faith. Yet. And it's kind of a two-way deal. You see, we, we need to remember that the Holy Spirit is holy. He doesn't want to fall on unconfessed sin. The Holy Spirit did the work, but they obeyed. John 14, 17 says, The world cannot receive the Spirit of truth because it doesn't know or behold Him. We need to know the Holy Spirit. Don't ask to be clothed with this gift if you're not born again. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin and be involved in your life long before that. He's working. He's the hound of heaven. He never gives up. 
He is working to win our hearts for Jesus. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus and leads us to Jesus. And he'll change your heart and come in at salvation if you truly repent. But you need to be born again by the Spirit of God, to be baptized by the Spirit of God. Because he is holy and light, cannot dwell with darkness. Oh, dwell with darkness at the same time. It can push darkness back, but it cannot dwell alongside darkness. This is the cleansing nature of the fire and the life-giving nature of wind to bring life. So the disciples were pure, they were waiting, they'd confessed their sins, they'd been praying together, they'd praying up a storm, they'd been waiting, and they were united all together. Very significant words. They were all together. But they were never the same again once power came on them. Amen? So the Spirit came at just the right time. You see, people from all over the known world were in town. We're not going to read it all today, but go home. That's homework. You can read Acts 1 and Acts 2 down to 24. That's your homework. They, they were there, all of these people, Arabs from Pergia and, and all these other places. Um, but they heard and felt the wind. Jews from all these nations. And many were drawn by the fact that they could hear the praise of God in their own language. Amazing. And this miracle grabbed their attention. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it stun you if you suddenly heard a Galilean speaking your language? They weren't sort of even known for being able to speak proper. <laughs> Essentially, the gift of tongues is for self-edification. But on this occasion, it was the sign to many that God was real. God was real. You know, we used to sing a, an old song in the youth group, Jesus is real. And I think everyone needs to know at one moment, get that revelation, Jesus is real. Many from these other regions on that day got that revelation, Jesus is real. Perhaps you need a sign today. You're feeling dry, maybe isolated from this long time, and you need a miracle or just someone to come alongside you and speak in your language with compassion. To come along and speak the kind of words that you need to hear today with compassion. So a great crowd gathered around so that at the perfect moment, Peter, now renewed in heart, stood, obeying the Holy Spirit, and he spoke boldly to the multitude. He didn't miss the mark this time. And he spoke most likely in Arabic, Arab, Arabic, sorry, Aramaic, sorry. So that was the common language. After having heard praises to God in their own language, they now were hearing the gospel in a common language. Filled with the Spirit and starting with Scripture, which is significant too, from the prophet Joel, he powerfully preached the gospel without the fear of man, which he'd had before, you know, denying Jesus three times. 
He didn't even hold back, revealing the fact that Christ had risen after being put to death on a cross that they had nailed him to. Whoa. Sketchy stuff, eh? Without the Holy Spirit's presence on and around and about Peter, I think he would have suffered a big injury or a riot or something for such an accusation telling them that they'd put Jesus on the cross. But in this ordained moment, God turned up. God turned up. Many were cut kind of into their core and they were convicted of sin and Many received Jesus. But more on that next week. Mark's going to bring a word on that next week. So the fourth stone, the fourth foundation stone regarding the coming of the Holy Spirit was that they needed to receive him. Receiving. You know, that's to ask the Holy Spirit by faith to baptize us. I want to just conclude with verse 24 of this um, chapter 2 and we just haven't got the time to read the whole portion of scripture but let's just read verse 24 but God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him that line just grabbed me during the week and it's just really been resonating with me it was impossible for him to be held in its power. You know, Jesus broke the power of sin, pain, and death. You are defeated. You have no hold over me, Jesus said, to death. Can we say that? Can we say that to sin, pain, and death? You are defeated. You have no hold of me in the name of Jesus. Go. And maybe your spiritual, physical, and emotional gauges are on zero right now. And that's okay after this long break from normality. But something I've learned through this COVID time is that <laughs> I've really had to guard my heart against complacency. I've been pretty slack in prayer. And it's been a real struggle to feed myself on the Word. It's just me being honest. And perhaps it's time for all of us to be filled with power again and make some powerful declarations about who Christ is to us, like Peter. You see, the day of Pentecost marked the birth of the church. And from that time until now, God's Holy Spirit wants us to live, wants to live in us. And that's the revelation. Paul got later on in Colossians we hear that, that the mystery of ages past is that Christ is in us what a revelation what, a, what an amazing thing he wants to actually reside in us and now each one of us can take authority and say to those enemies of laziness Compromise and apathy, tell those enemies, you are defeated. You have no longer got a hold over me. Fear and doubt, you have no hold over me. If you can't say that today, then 
We need to talk or stand together or pray or something. We do need each other, eh? So let's go from here today, filled, renewed, and revived with the Holy Ghost power and the breath of life and bring the breath of life to others. Let's, um, let's kick COVID to touch and instead infect others with the fruit of the Spirit and with words of encouragement. And there's no law against it. The Bible says, and there's no need for an antidote. So just to wrap it up, we need to speak declarations that are powerful over ourselves while we wait. Then we wait. We wait for the fulfillment of God's promises to build character into us. And it will, I promise, keep, give great reward. Waiting brings great reward. And thirdly, we need to be right time, right place to receive that power. It's his work, but we need to be ready. And finally, we need to receive it, not just say, hey, that's nice, cool. Are you ready to receive this gift today? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this gift to live life to the full, to live life with power, knowing moment by moment that uh, you're vo knowing your voice, knowing that you have the desire to use us, which is awesome. And then being open enough just to, to sort of say, oh, yeah, okay, speak to that person. Thank you, Lord. Bring people along. Bring people that you want us to speak to minister to serve bless give gifts to in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com